This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. Each week, as you guys know, we dive deep into having an interview with someone to share something about the mind, help elevate us in our consciousness, to help us become aware of the greatness of who we are. This week, I had the honor and pleasure of interviewing Mary Welp, and we dove into a lot of great stuff. We talked about how thoughts, belief systems, how our brain keeps us safe. We got into our conditioning, how to break out of this process to help us be aware of our blockages and how to remove them or reprogram them so that we can elevate our life and have more of what we desire. May that be happiness, money, better relationships, better health, a better physical body, whatever you want to put there, that is what we dove deep into. And so before I get into the episode, just to tell you a little bit about Mary, She is a certified hypnotherapist specializing in hypnotic meditation. After 20 years of private practice as a craniosacral therapist and 14 years as a certified hypnotherapist, she launched Rise Hypnotic Meditation to teach others how to bring meaningful, positive changes to their life. She teaches a direct, easy, adaptable practice in four steps. Relax, imagine, suggest, empower. Mary helps those who are interested in self-improvement or anyone that would like to get rid of a bad habit, fear, or imprint. She works within the following areas, but not limited to boundaries, social anxiety, sports performance, self-confidence, fear of rejection, optimism, procrastination, letting go of anger, guilt, improving sleep, grief, and loss, and relationships. 
Her practice allows anyone to turn their attention inward to make a shift for the better in order to become a healthier, happier person. Mary has worked with a nonprofit involving returning soldiers from Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as served on the board of Link Up, offering assistance to those who have dealt with clergy abuse and related trauma. Since the pandemic, she has shifted her practice from one-on-one sessions to teaching. She now travels and teaches a three-hour workshop across the country, which she likes to refer as a marriage of meditation and self-hypnosis. Her mission is to spread their self-healing therapy to as many people as possible. I know you're going to enjoy this episode as much as I did. Without any further ado, here is Mary Welp. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on. Just chatting with you before we jumped on here, I already knew, just reading your stuff, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good conversation, and uh, we're already having it, so I, I'm excited. For the listeners, you're listening in, I'm already excited to be diving in with you, um, and so before we get into those, those things, can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into what you're doing, your journey to that point, to this point, and so forth? Um, yes, uh, mine's, I'll try to make it a short story but it's kind of long. I'm a bit of a late bloomer. I, at the age of 40, had never had a massage, had never heard the word chakra, had never thought about mindfulness, had never meditated, didn't know anything about this world. And it really found me and kind of hit me over the head and said, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I hit a time of my life where I was in a hole. I was depressed. I was sad. I knew I had a reason to be here. I knew I had a job to do. I just didn't have any clue as to what that was or how to get there because really the world was foreign to me that I'm now so immersed in. So um, as I started to surrender and just let my life find me, instead of me working so hard to pick something to do and to be purposeful with, um, I started Reiki came first and I became a Reiki practitioner. And then I found myself working at a medical clinic that offered a lot of alternative medicine. So I got my cranial sacral certification and started working with a lot of cancer patients and a lot of people that were really facing very difficult um, issues and recovering from traumas in their life. So my clients really taught me about energy in the body and how we carry trauma and all the different levels of trauma that we go through in our lives. We all have it. We all go through it. And, uh, from there, uh, my clients were coming in and saying, okay, you know, my body feels better, but my mind, I can't get past this thought, or I really need a boundary. My kids are running all over me. I, I, my life's out of control and they needed to work something with the mind. So I got my hypnotherapy certification then and started marrying these two practices together. So I've been doing that for 20 years. When the pandemic happened, my one-on-one -on -one business closed, and I started to think, how could I get this work out into the world to help more people, to teach more people instead of just one-on-one -on -one and maybe teaching 15 or 20 people a week? I'm really looking to spread this tool, uh, Rise Hypnotic Meditation, because I really think it can help people uh, live the happier life that they're really looking for. And we get stuck. We find cha challenges. We get boundaries, you know, that are, are blocks. And we need ways to get past them uh, to keep moving forward. And so that's kind of where I am now is teaching and spreading and talking about rise hypnotic meditation. 
I love that. Now, you know, I've always been a fan of hypnosis and, and that kind of work just because of how wonderful it can. It's such a great tool to like tap into the subconscious and you're conscious, but you're in the subconscious and you're, you're being aware of stuff. I think it's, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, concept. How much of people, you know, you talk about blockages and, and things like that. How much is it that where, you know, how, well, I guess I got two ways I can go with this question, but I'll just jump into one. And that is like with the blockages, how do, how do we, how do we become aware of them without using a tool like hypnosis or things like that? I think it's because we're struggling in our life. You know, something isn't going right. We're not happy. Um, and possibly sometimes, usually we start blaming something outside of ourselves. If, if this person would change, I could be happy. If my job were a different job, then I would be happy. If my diet were different, then I would be happy. And it, we, we put it outside of ourselves. So really looking at our thoughts and the way we think, our beliefs and questioning them, why we say things the way we do, why we react the way we do, why when we get triggered, we, you know, what fright flight we go into and why. And really examining those moments of chaos and confusion in a quiet time can help bring some order to it. So it, 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 it's some sort of struggle is that it's like an opportunity for us to become aware uh, of what that yeah. may be. Well, and maybe if I could give a lighthearted example of it, of an imprint is kind of what we're talking about now and imprints we gather all our life. People of authority tell us things and we take them on. Uh, we're in times of stress and we hear something, we take it on differently than a time when we're feeling more lighthearted. But there's kind of a funny story about a woman baking a ham and she cut the two ends off of the ham and wrapped it and put it in the oven. And her husband said, why did you cut the ends off of the ham? And she said, well, that's how my mother always did it. So she goes back to her mother and says, mom, why do you cut the two ends off of the ham before you put it in the oven and bake it? She said, well, that's how my mother always did it. So she goes back to Granny and says, Granny, why do you cut the ends off of the ham before you bake it? And she said, well, that's because that was the size of my oven. So, you know, we do these things. We pass these things down. We um, and sometimes they're light and frivolous as cutting the ends off the ham. But sometimes they're more, you know, we act out of anger because that's a pattern we saw as a child, how our parents might have reacted to something. So. Just considering why we do what we do, how we got to where we are and thinking what we think um, gives us an opportunity to decide, is this true for me now? Does this still hold true as a pattern that's productive for me in my life? I know I'm a very different person at 62 now than I was in my 20s and my 30s. My values are different. What I, how I think about life is different. If I still had my old habits and imprints and patterns that I had back in my 20s and my 30s, I'd be a very different person than I am now, you know, and I also would not have evolved. And I think that's why we're here to live this life really is to evolve and to grow, to be better, to be, to work on ourselves. I love it. And I love how you bring up imprints. That's just something that um, in my chiropractic training, in my prenatal training and pediatrics and so forth, we talked heavily on that and how it gets imprinted in the nervous system and what the bottom pattern, the patterning that shows up from there. And, uh, you know, when people blame genetics, it's like, hold on, no, like you just brought up the whole imprint cycle happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, just cut off the ends of the hand. That's what, what this is what we did. 
And uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's just the oven thing at the end of the day. And that's kind of some it's funny how when I, I looked at that in my own life, like being an, from an Italian descent. It's like, you know, wow, why, do, why do we do these certain things? I, I just I'm just curious. And then you get down to the bottom. It's just like, really, that's why? Like, it, that's not even like a reasonable yeah. answer. Or yeah. why did or even with food, I always just use that as an analogy, like why do certain cultures have food? And it's most of the time just what they have, they had access to. And we call that, that's Italian food, but hold on, or Mexican food or this. And it's like, that's just what they had access to. It's not, um, you know, a, you know, culture of that sort. Right. I love that. So then how can, you know, how do we shift that then and, and, and break, break that? Because we, let's say we become aware of it, right? Let's say we notice that. Man, I, like for example, I'm I'm about to be a dad soon in a couple months, and and very excited to be. And as I look at that, I'm always like, okay, I want to be my own person in this way. And a lot of my friends I've talked to, it's always funny to be like, yeah, I realized once I had a kid, I started to be like more like my parent in some way. And I was like, ooh, there's some work there you got to do. So being aware, I think, is key. But how to being aware of those kind of patterns, but how do we make start that process of breaking through and shifting? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, naming it is the most important thing. Setting that intention of, of knowing what that shadow side is that you want to shift. And then RISE is an acronym for the four steps. So this program is R is for relaxation. So you do a body progressive relaxation, breathe into those parts of your body that are tight or tense. And what that does is it kind of drops that wall between the conscious and the subconscious mind. It kind of shuts down that um, critical mind that says, oh, nothing's going to happen here. I can't change. I've always done it this way. I always have to do it this way. So that by going inward and just relaxing and letting everything go, you know, relaxation is more who we are. Our tension is what we're expecting. People think that who we are. So really relaxing, you dropping down into who you are. I stands for imagine. So you're going to go to a visualize a beautiful place somewhere out in nature or somewhere that you've been before. Many people go to a grandmother's house or somewhere where they went as a child and felt safe. And you really want to build up your senses here because our senses is how we learn. So when you go to this place, for example, a beach, you want to think about the sand between your toes and how that feels and how when you wiggle your toes down, it's the sand is warm on the top, but cool down underneath. You want to smell that sea air and feel the sun on your face and really bring all of your senses alive because that's how we learn. And then S stands for suggest. And that's really planting the suggestion. This is where you do the work. You either see what you want to shift as an energy, a physical object that you're going to shift. Sometimes you need to to tell yourself an affirmation, you know, sometimes we don't have someone around to tell us our child self, that thing that we need to hear. Um, we can also look at our, our, our situation as a contingent suggestion. If I used to do it this way, now I'm going to do it that way. And so you envision yourself shifting either by looking at your challenge as a black rock on the beach and you pick up that black rock and you throw it in the water to heal it, or you uh, have your anger as a red hot ball of fire and you put it in the water and let the water sizzle and the steam come up and it turns blue. But we learn and we grow through story. We're full of story. And, and the subconscious is all story. So really developing a story where you shift that energy shifts it. 
And then E, the last letter stands for empower. So now that you've moved this old energy that no longer serves you, what do you want to have more of? You don't want to leave a hole per se. You want to fill that energy or that time full of something more productive. So um, there's ways to do that physically standing in the superhero pose. You know, that's been scientifically uh, noted to reduce cortisol in the body and increase testosterone, that power hormone. So even a physical stance, a power stance, any of the yoga warrior poses or mountain pose, um, they all give you that chemical physiological feeling of power. And it's that power that, okay, I've changed, I've shifted, and then you can really own it. I love that. I love the whole acronym to rise. I love the, 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 the nice, the, the process there. It's really, uh, um, very, um, systematic in a way to, you know, it's kind of like basically saying, here's what it is. This doesn't serve me anymore. I'm going to replace it with this. And then I'm going to, the empowerment is like, I'm going to give that energy, right. To create yeah. that, to be now my new, my new, uh, belief, my new, yes. however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I love that. And that it- is And it it works really well. And sometimes you need to do it three or four times on a certain issue. Other times it takes once. Um, I suggest that people do it until they stop thinking about the issue. And it does just sort of dissolve. I've had people come back and, you know, and they they had issues with sleep and we really worked on their sleep. And then I asked them how they were sleeping and they said, oh, fine. I didn't, did I have trouble with sleep? You know, it's like it, it totally leaves your consciousness as well as your energy field, you know? So these, these changes are possible. It's just us engaging them and and wanting them being ready. You know, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Nobody can, can make you be hypnotized. You know, when you're hypnotized, you're more conscious, you're more present, you're more involved in your life really than when you're not. I appreciate you bringing that up too, because a lot of times some people do think of hypnosis and they think of being, oh my God, you're going to control me. You're going to hypnotize me. You're going to do this yeah. or that. And uh, I even, my, I, I think it was about like six years ago, I had finally, I went to get some hip, hip, uh, hypnosis work and, and I was like, so how's this going to go? Like, even in my mind, I'm like, just, just curious. And, and, and the, the, the lady was like, you meditate often, don't you? I was like, yeah, all the time. She's like, it's just a deep meditation. And then as soon as I got into that space, I was like, oh, I know this world. I know where I'm at here. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And why I joined meditation with hypnosis is because there's that ritual of meditation that's very powerful. When you sit in the same place, in the same pose at the same time, with the same smells, the same candle, the same incense, the same shawl or blanket around you, you know, you're training the body and the mind that when you sit, okay, it's time to do rise. We're we're in this ritualistic time, and then it really makes the practice more part of you. Love that. That's awesome. And so then let's go, let's shift here a little bit and we'll talk about um thoughts in a sense. You know, especially with everything going on in the information world that we live in, it's just so heavy up here, right? We're so into this <laughs> world. And you know, and it's and we don't get enough into the heart or right brain center, right side of the brain, or however you want to call it, but it's one of these things where, especially now with, with, with COVID just finishing up, well, maybe um, the last couple of years, it's one of those things where um, we've got even more head centered in some ways in shape and forms. How do we disconnect or not be so head strong in this way? 
I think the first thing is the realization, and we don't talk about this enough, that our brain's job is to keep us safe. Our brain's job is not to make us happy or to make us content or to make us rich or to make us um, successful. It is strictly to keep us safe. It is that fright flight. It's that limbic part of the brain that's always going to act first. So it's really slowing down. And when you have a spinning thought or you get in a negative headspace of saying, why am I thinking this way? Why am I, is my brain attached to going down this road? Is it just habit and pattern? If it's habit, you know, if I started this habit and pattern, then I can change it. I can shift it. So it's really kind of stepping outside of yourself. There's a story I told you earlier about the river. And it's a father and his son looking at a big, brown, dirty river. And the river's very polluted. And the boy asks, Dad, is the river polluted? And the father says, no, no, son. The river is pure, but it is carrying pollutants. And so I think um, by looking and stepping back and realizing that our thoughts and our habits and our stories and our imprints flow through us, but not are us. So when we get fearful, you know, when we have a problem, I think oftentimes we attach to it instead of saying, okay, I'm just going through a difficult time or noticing that thought is look at that thought floating down the river. Isn't that interesting? You know, look at me thinking that, look at me saying that in my head about that person and being judgmental. Look at what you're doing. Just that realization. But also, if you wanted to use the, the dirty river as, in a rise scenario, is then getting in that river and starting to clean it out, setting up nets, getting out your fishing pole and fishing out a few of those ideas or thoughts that don't serve you anymore, putting up some kind of a dam or a barrier that's going to start collecting that negativity and not letting it through, and just envisioning your river becoming more and more pure, because the more pure it becomes, the more authentic it really is to you. It's not just buzzing, chaotic thoughts. It's really who you are. I love that. Now is looking at the river and just, I like to use this as an analogy with this. It's like, mm-hmm. how much does perspective play a role? Because someone like in their mind, in their world, they can attach and say like, look at that river and they can go, yeah, but look at all this junk I have in me. This is who I am. This is what I cultivated. This yep. is all my systems I yep. created where uh, you can, like the other father said, no, it's the river's pure. It's just, it's carrying that with. Um, right. Is it all just perspective or how much does perspective play a role in all this? I, I think it's huge. Um, the Irish will um, say sadness is upon me. I'm, it's not I'm sad or I'm a depressed person, or I tend to be depressive, which is, I think, as Americans, we kind of cling to that, and we identify with our issues a little too closely. But I love that, you know, and they use it with all emotion. It's not just sadness. It's even happiness. You know, the joy is with me today. And just taking it as, you know, it's an energy that's on me today. It doesn't mean it will be here tomorrow. It's just what it is today. Today, the sadness is on me. And it's recognizing it as almost as this other person, as this other entity. And it will come and it will go. And by giving that energy, that fluidity in your body and in your mind, it becomes fluid. 
it will come and it will go and you will recognize it as such instead of saying, eh, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm always depressed. I keep going back to this depression. And then you're owning it. You're identifying with it and you're making, you're labeling yourself that. You're giving yourself that adjective of depression. I love that so much because in my in my training in energy medicine and stuff, that was one thing that uh, was always told, like, don't say you're I'm depressed or I'm this. And it's just an experience. It's just something you're going through, good or bad, positives or the negatives. It's just like, hey, this is just what it is. And dance with that rather than, you know, as Americans. And you hear it more in American culture where you'll yeah. say, I am this, I am that, I am this. And, and you're, you're, you're connecting the two. We've even done it with diseases. Um, uh, being a pediatric chiro, my heart would break when I would work with an autistic child. And they say, yeah, I, I, I am autistic. And I'll say, I like question what I heard. I was like, did I hear that she is autistic or she, I am autistic. And she goes, I am autistic. And I was just like, ah, oh, that identity, we got to, mm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to put some energetic programming into this and see if I can yeah. help and with what I do on top of everything. But yes. Well, and we are so many things, you know, I'm a healer. I'm a grandmother. I'm a mother. I'm a dog owner. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, we're so many things and we tend to dramatize sometimes um, what we want to have big in our life instead of just realizing the complexity of who we are and that we are creatures in flux and flow. We are part of nature. We are continually changing. We're dropping the old skin cells and we're growing new ones. And so, you know, looking at that as movement forward, always movement forward, you know, then it becomes easy. You know, it becomes a, a pattern. And I have noticed myself being triggered in restaurants or in public places before. And I will go and step off to the side and go to the bathroom or whatever and do my rise and kind of regroup. And just grabbing it in that moment allows me not to be reactive back and cause a big scene with a bunch of people in the restaurant because it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of them. It was the issue, it's my issue. I was triggered. So by me getting myself around that idea and saying, okay, Mary, you know, I see you. I, I see you, I see what you're going through, I hear you, but it's okay. And then, you know, I can go back out and enjoy the evening. I was just gonna say, it helps you also, right? To get, stay in that present moment. Yeah. Just be, yes. right? Instead my of getting, letting that distraction take over the whole thing. Yeah. And I think especially when we talk to ourselves, we will say really terrible things to ourselves and be down that rabbit hole for 15 or 20 minutes of berating ourselves before we realize it. And that's been one that I've really been consciously, you know, for some time now, and I can catch myself pretty quick now. It's, it's a habit. You know, our brain really loves habit. Oh, does it ever? Tell me about so it. Give it some good ones. <laughs> And I love how um, I'm losing my train of thought. It may come back, but it was um, you were talking about uh, who we can choose to be, right? I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, and there's all these things. And I always say there's a there's a point too, though, that we can choose as humans. We can choose to be a lot of different things. We're like mm -hmm. animals; they just they're, they're a dog. A dog's a dog. A cat's a cat. A horse is horse. They have their own unique stuff to them, like a personality and so forth. But yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that we can choose what we want to have, like who we want to be. be. Um, and, and, and so like in that, and I'm taking that reference to not just like, you know, being a grandmother or a mother or a father or things like that, but I am this type of a person or I'm this or I'm that instead of 
letting our beliefs or our experiences in our past kind of dictate or just sometimes people go, I used to do this. Well, a lot of people are saying this is how I am. I guess that's just how I am. Instead of being like, hold on, that's not how I am. This is just what my pattern is. Let's see if I change that and then become this is who I want to become. How is that just rephrasing stories and everything we've been kind of talking about to get people to shift to that way? Um, again, I think it's about naming it. I think it's about being open and about seeing yourself and about naming it. Um, once you name something, even if you don't do the work on it, it's no longer a shadow. If someone tells you, boy, you're an angry person and you've never thought of yourself as an angry person before, when that realization hits you, you can't deny it anymore. You can either accept it and continue to be an angry person, or you can decide to do something about it. So it is really in your control. Um, And I think very often, especially when we've been a victim of something, and many of us have been victims of something in our lives, then we start looking for that to be a victim in other situations. And so we, before we, it's even happened, we're expecting to be a victim of something. We're expecting something to go wrong instead of just waiting to see what happens, playing it out and then see, you know, reacting that way. But we kind of have to catch how we think about things, even in future thinking, you know, how something's coming up. What's your anxiety about that thing that's coming up and why do you have that anxiety about it? Is it because you don't think you're going to be treated well? And why do you not think you're going to be treated well? You know, why are you setting that up for yourself? Because what we think is what we attract. If, if you want prosperity, if you want growth, if you want happiness, you're going to attract that. Love this. And how does this work then with rise and everything? Can this work also with people with certain types of fears that they have? Like, let's say someone in business. I mean, usually it's, it's been interesting in, in my world of doing business coaching where I see um, a lot of times it's some people have fear of failure, but then mm-hmm. a lot of the time I see the opposite, which is the fear of success. I've been noticing more of now. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Now, can this kind of thing help with those kind of processes and so much more? Absolutely. That's so funny you brought that up because that's the first thing that brought me to hypnosis. My first hypnosis session was the, the wording I had for it. The only way I could explain the feeling in my body was I have a fear of exposure. And it wasn't about being naked. It was about being truly my authentic, powerful self. If I really step into that, my whole life's going to shift. And I don't know what that means. And I was scared to death. I was on my knees crying about it. I laugh about it now, but it was real. That fear was very real in me. And when I did the hypnotherapy, And when the story that came to me was that I had been a powerful person before and I had been victimized for being a powerful person. And I didn't want to stay in that victimization of that anymore. It was like, okay, that was then, this is now, and I'm going to own who I am now. And I'm going to, you know, I'm here to be my best, happiest, most useful self is, is what I believe. And, um, I was ready to let that fear go. So absolutely, because I think sometimes our fears are what keep us from stop smoking, keep us from losing weight, keep us from starting a healthy uh, regimen in our life is fear. 
of what is like, you know, the, the, the enemy we know is better than the enemy we don't know. <laughs> so if, if I conquer this enemy, what's on the other side? And we kind of look for the, uh oh, there's going to be a negative on the other side instead of going to, well, maybe there's going to be a positive on the other side. You know, maybe, maybe this is going to turn out good. And, and so really reframing. And, and after you start catching yourself and you start reframing, and I'll say something sometimes or I'll get judgmental about something and I'll just say cancel. Like, I didn't mean it. Sorry, take it back. You know, we all say things, we all make mistakes. And I think we also have to be forgiving of ourselves. Like, whoops, I slipped. Didn't mean it. Sorry. And that's okay. It's okay. I love that. Um, and then how does the, you know, with when you're sharing this with the fear and stuff, right? How much does that blame the brain conditioning play a role in that, right? Because a lot of times, like I'll look at myself and I had fear of, I did have fear of failure, but it was more of like you were kind of saying is that fear of being out there and exposed. Like, here I am. I'm going to have to put myself out there. Um, and then it came a point where I was just like, "Who? you know, it is what it is. I'm just, this is what I'm going to have to do. I'm just going to do it. And then we'll see where it takes me. And uh, does the brain kind of, I know in the beginning, it's going to give you little radars going off and be like, hey, hold on here. Wait a minute. We're in a danger zone right now. Um, does that kind of play, kind of, kind of influence mm-hmm. to try to keep those uh, habits from, conti- or those fears from continuing to, to exist? Um, yeah, the way I phrase it is that the universe is going to test you. If you decide you're going to shift something and you shift it, the universe is going to find a way to say, okay, are you really done with that? Are you really through? Are you really going to stop saying that? Are you really going to stop being hard on yourself? Are you really going to make this change? And so it, I think that also gives us that opportunity to rise up in that superhero pose and say, yes. You know, yes, I'm done with it. And and then the pressure's off. And like you said, you stop thinking about it. I don't worry about exposure anymore. It's like, you know, I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to be out there and we'll let the chips fall where they may. But at least I know I was being as authentic to myself as I could be. And that's all I can do. I love that. You leave it up to that. So let's yep. talk then a little bit about uh, uh, the book and so forth, right? So we talked a little bit about it already with the meditation yes. and so forth. I know there's a book also. Do you mind just breaking that down mm-hmm. a little bit? Yes. Well, the, the book, it tells you how RISE works and why it works. Talks about the conscious and the subconscious mind and how they interplay with each other and how they affect us in our lives. So the science is explained a little bit. And then also what you can address with RISE. And then I break down the four steps and how to do each step. There's questions at the back of each chapter for you to think about, such as uh, where do you hold stress in your body? You know, where, where do you need to breathe into and relax more in your body? And I do that for each one of the steps. And then in the back of the book, I lay out different uh, suggested meditations for different things, such as rise for health problems, rise for weight loss, rise for cell phone use. Rise, rise for improving athletic performance, for sleep. There's 25 or 30 examples of how you can use RISE. But I really uh, want to impress upon people that this is an individualistic practice. There's many different ways to do it. And I do go through that in the book. And it's finding the way that works best for you and your nervous system. So once you find that, it becomes a part of you. And then it's with you all the time. 
I love that. And so, okay, so you said there's like 30 something ways rise can be used uh, for different types of things. Is it also, I know you said performance and so forth. Can it also be like uh, business performance? Is that kind of that, in that aspect? Absolutely. Money blocks, yes. things like yeah. that also. What you want to attract, what you want more of. Absolutely. Awesome. Just for the, the entrepreneurs who listen and, and so forth. They may yes. be like, Wait a minute here. I want to know how can this help me in business? Because one of the things I that intrigued me about the mindset and I learned about hypnosis and all these other things I've studied was is like it's not really about the doing of what we do in life. And I love to hear your comments on this. It's more of just that being here first in that whole aspect. We get this right majority of the time, whatever you do is most likely going to work the way you want it to. I mean, it's kind of like I, I teach in chiropractic where when I work, I used to, when I was running my office, I had students come once a month and we do like a philosophy night and we did it for about I don't know, six months to a year. We did this and it was just talking about whatever they had questions on. And one of the things I would intrigue their mind was to say, when you make an adjustment it has nothing to do with what you're doing with your hands or an instrument or whatever you use. And they would always sit back and they look at me like with this look like, what do you mean? I thought the adjustment, the bone, this. And I said, it's all intent and energy. If you get that right, the adjustment's like 10 to 20%. And they're like, how do you know? I go, I, I know people who made adjustments on the wrong side and people got better. How can that happen? So love to pick your brain just a little bit about that and, and how we get this right, then everything else just kind of flows with. Yeah. And I think because then we're open to flexibility and to change. Once we start realizing how our flexibility and our change is not a negative thing, it's a positive thing. We can be better. We can be happier. We can live the life that we dream to live, but that there's something in the way of. We can address that. Um, And definitely it's energetics because I think what you put out there is what you get back. And when you start watching your negativity and you start limiting your negativity and really just the awareness of it, you know, it's hard to keep being so negative when you're starting to catch every time you are, it's exhausting and you don't want to do it anymore. And then you start attracting all of the good things to you because they're just there waiting, you know, but it's, it's also vibrational, you know, and with your energy work, you probably resonate with that as well, that it's, it's vibrational how we connect with people and what we attract. So if we are having a vibration of being a victim and of being uh, depressive and of being a low, low, we think low of ourselves, why would people with abundance be attracted to us? It's, it just doesn't make sense. So you really have to think about what you want and then when you have it in yourself, it will come to you. Love that so much. Yeah, I mean, everything is vibration at the end of the day. So like if you have that victim mentality, you're sending out to the universe, I'm a victim. And the universe Come is, is going to keep <laughs> giving people over to you that do the exact same thing until you wake up to it. I love this. Uh, Mary, how can people find you, connect with you, follow, get the book and everything else? Please, the book, uh, Rise Hypnotic Meditation, is on Amazon. Uh, as an ebook form or in this soft cover, it's 90 pages. I made it short, powerful, and sweet. People don't have time to read, but um, I really am hoping that people can resonate with this and use this uh, to better their lives. I also teach it as a workshop. It's a three-hour workshop. So by the end of the three hours, everyone has an individualized practice that they know they can take home with them, use it for life for all kinds of different things. So I do love to travel and teach. If anyone is interested in a workshop or has a group they want to get together, please reach out. Um, But through the website is probably the best way to reach me. 
risehypnoticmeditation.com. On the website, there's also videos about RISE and why it works, how it works. And there's several example meditations as well as some podcasts and the events where I'm presenting RISE over the summer is also listed there. So if anybody has any questions, please reach out. And for all the listeners, I'll have that on the show notes for you guys. Uh, Mary, this was a blast. I appreciate you taking time to come on and tune in or share your wonderful wisdom with us here at the Mindful Experiment and all our listeners. Thank you, Vic. It's been a joy. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us, so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.